Stardate 100305.41. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast covering new and classic Trek. I am your not-so-possessed-by-an-ancient-mass captain for the night, Mariah Gossett. And with me on the view screen, we have... Clyde Haynes. Look out for my churros. And... Anne-Marie Siegel. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. We are covering the fourth episode of the third season of Lower Decks. Uh, but first, I do want to uh, welcome our guest for this evening, Dr. Anne-Marie Siegel. We're so excited to have you. Um, Anne-Marie is a lifelong Trek fan and part of the Virtual Trek Con and the Seventh Rule podcast teams. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm such a longtime fan. It's just such a smart, like thoughtful podcast and also so much fun. I love you guys. Oh, and I love the hot, hot freaks animations. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to those in a little bit. We're so excited to have everybody. Um, and Amory, for those who are just meeting you, I know I've been following you on Twitter for a long time. I always love connecting um, with other Trekkies online and becoming friends beyond the internet. So it's so exciting when we get new people to join us. Um, I'd love to learn a little bit more about how you came to Trek and maybe a favorite Trek memory that you might have. So I became like pretty diehard Trek when I was three when TNG started. And if I watched Star Trek with my dad at bedtime, I got to stay up an extra hour. (laughs) So that kind of started it. And TNG was like my first love, but I really love all Star Trek. And um, I'm having a lot of fun re-watching for like the millionth time, but uh, Deep Space Nine with Ciroc Lofton over on the seventh roll. We're just like in season seven now. And then uh, we're getting things, starting to plan things for Virtual TrekCon 4, which is going to be February 16th to 20th. So exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the like, uh, pa- can you tease any panels or anything coming up for uh, Virtual TrekCon? I can say for sure right now, we're going to have the second annual Lappy Awards, which will like live long and prosper with the Y. Um, and <laughs> last year's were like pretty incredible and hopefully like more, more, it will get like more widespread, but we had three of the four showrunners currently, as well as like 20 other guests and probably Michelle Nichols, like last appearance on camera. It was just very special. So and basically what we do is we have like polls everywhere on Facebook. So we had like thousands of Star Trek fans all voting. And then for like the preliminary choices and then for the finals. So it wasn't just like us choosing random winners. We had like 25 categories of old and new Star Trek and total Star Trek universe. So like funniest moment, things like that. Biggest wow moment. So very, we're just starting to kind of go over categories for this year, which it's great because there's been so much new Star Trek. Yes, I know. We have a bounty of riches when it comes to new Star Trek right now. So I think it's going to be an even yes. uh, more fun year for the Lappies. And I think we'll get some really, hopefully a few lower decks moments in there. Because I oh, feel like it's really hit its stride this season. Um, just a couple of reminders. Um If you are listening to this podcast, thank you so much. We appreciate you. You can find and share this podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, all of the things. You can find links to our Patreon as well uh, as links to the audio and video versions of this podcast at StarTrekPod.co. That's StarTrekPod.co. And maybe leave us a little review, (laughs) excuse me, a review on Apple Podcasts. I know our patrons know I unfortunately got COVID a few weeks ago and I still have a little bit of a cough 
lingering. So I do apologize if that interrupts me mid speech. I just don't know what's coming. But Clyde, can you take over and tell folks how they can interact in the live chat tonight? Yes, we love it if you're listening to us. But if you are watching us live on YouTube or wherever you stream your favorite podcast, then you can participate with us here in the show. So just head over um, and chat us with a capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat, and we will see what you have to comment or questions that you might want to ask. And and when that special time comes, and you'll know what it is, just type capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat, um, and we'll take a look at your comments. Amazing. All right, let's grab some cucumbers and try not to set off the stress wristbands and talk about room for growth. Uh, this episode was directed by Jason Zurich. It was also written by John Cochran, who um, I don't know if y'all know, but John was a contestant and an eventual winner of the Survivor franchise, which I, because <laughs> I was on Wiki and I was like, why is his name blue? And then I clicked it and I was like, oh, has nothing else to do with Star Trek things. It has to do with Survivor. But I thought that was a fun factoid. Um, and I do think it might be time for that part of the show for maybe some hot freaks. Oh, had to go with the deep V. Had to go with the V. Emery, what is your hot freak for this particular okay. episode? So first, I'll preface this by saying I just absolutely adore it. But there was this really weird science error that I've already discussed with Dr. Mohammed Noor, at, where they confused the words hydrophilic for and hydrophobic. And so hydrophilic, like P-H-I-L, means you love something so it loves water so they say that there's like a hydrophilic skin barrier but like what that like prevents water from soaking in but they meant to say hydrophobic which means like you don't you don't love something or you're scared of something so super weird so my hot take is they should have called dr muhammad noor to like consult for <laughs> biology I wonder if that was just like a slip in the like voiceover booth and like oh. the person directing perhaps maybe didn't know what the difference would be and was like, yeah, whatever, you know? <laughs> well, I, I deep dived like the writer and I saw that he has a JD from Harvard Law. So maybe he only had like one biology question and just like <laughs> a class and it just like snuck past everybody. I'm not sure, but it's definitely one of those words where you always pause in like undergrad and in med school to be like, okay, let me just make sure I'm saying the right one. So kind of a weird, like very much stands out. And Star Trek, like mistakes like that are so few and far between. So that's my hot take, but also I just loved it. <laughs> Clyde, what nice. about you? I, I love the episode. I thought it was exactly what I needed in the middle of a long day. Um, it was so much fun. Um, I, I think we're getting even just more bits and bits of kind of character development. Um, I, I thought it was really cool to see another Cali class ship and how they interacted with kind of the Cerritos crew. And we always look at this crew as this crew that is not well thought of. They're, you know, they're lower decks. They're trying to make it for a long time. We thought the Captain Freeman was looking to get you know, kind of promoted off a Cali class ship. And now we've seen that the Cerritos is kind of the rock stars of the Cali class. And I thought that was kind of neat. Like I enjoyed a little bit of redemption for them. I love the, the interaction of 
kind of Mariner, Tendi, and Boimler as they race through the, you know, the lower parts of the of the ship and then kind of interacting with Delta Shift. Like I just I thought this this was a really well constructed kind of plot. You had a couple things going on. And then, you know, the very subtle kind of, you know, messaging about every, you know, we all need to take a break. Like, it's it's great to work hard. And I think when we think about Trek, um, we enjoy their their kind of vacation episodes, right? The, the Riza episodes, which almost always end up turning out not to be an actual vacation and some murder mystery that has plot that has kind of unfolded. And so this was like, no, like you guys really need a break, but how you take a break might be a little uh, different than one would expect. So I really enjoyed this episode from beginning to end. Um, so yeah, that's my hot freight. Yeah. I also really enjoyed this episode. Um, no surprise to anyone listening, I think, <laughs> but I uh, very much relate to the engineers and that sometimes you just got to do the work in order to be able to relax because if the work mm -hmm. is piling up, you can't relax. Mm -hmm. um, I also love these moments that we get to see uh, in lower decks where it's like, there is an a plot happening with our bridge crew, but because we are lower decks, we don't know every little piece of it and we just feel the effects of it. Um, so I always love when they play with that in this show. And so having the cold open be this like moment where we see repercussions for lower deckers because of the crusades of the bridge crew really, um, hit me in all of the right places. So I, I really enjoyed this. Um, let's take a look at what some of the people in the chat had to say. We have Hot Freak. I'd watch a whole episode of the Exploits of Tahana, aka Diane and Shax on the holodeck. No. Same. What I would watch, I love the black and white, the cheesy holodeck like yeah. moment. It was such a good um callback to so many episodes of TNG and Voyager. Um, Hot Freak, I, I love Mariah was gonna say, I love it. Oh. I think we lost Mariah for oh. a second. Can you um, still look, hear me? I, we can hear you. We can hear you. Oh my gosh. Is, were you touching ancient masks again? <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. I like the holodeck. I was just thinking that Shaxx and Tiana, that's that's like a Star Trek after dark episode. Like that was, oh my God. I was, that just was going no place. Like um, Serge Gainsbourg and Richard Pardo's like Bonnie and Clyde song. I was like playing that in my head during it. it was, Super yeah, I mean, I mean, I thought that like that was we don't always get a gangster episode where the crew is actually the gangsters. Yeah. Right. And so I thought that was that was incredibly, incredibly oh fun. Gosh. So you never and ask me about my dreams anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, it that. was, you know, it was this this bit of reality in the middle of this this action adventure kind of uh the holodeck um and nicole says hot frank i love how much more confident boimler's getting i mean bold boimler uh seems like a great idea until he loses a hand or something I'm my hat he like did a google search into like starfleet logs to get that cisco quote where he's like mm -hmm. which in favor is the bold and he's like Ooh, i'll use that sometime yeah so kind of like i'll use it all yeah. the time make yeah. that my life's mantra yeah no. Uh, let's see. Uh, we'll have to leave Nicole's quote up there for a little bit, but some other 
quotes. They're all a bunch of Jordy LaForge's. There you go, Mariah. Mariah's back. I fixed it. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Great. Um, we were just, was just about to talk about Chupi's quote. They're all a bunch of Jordy LaForge's. Um, you know, everyone here pretty much knows that Jordy LaForge is like my favorite Star Trek character. So this episode in particular had a bunch of touchstones that were especially ex- special to me. So while I don't love the way they referenced Do- Jordy, I like the fact that they referenced Jordy. Not to mention you had a, an, it, was it an engineering character with a visor on? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the adolescent engineer in me will take any reference of Dr. Leah Brahms I can get. So <laughs> keep those coming. Um, so I love that. So yeah, no, I thought that was great. Um, yeah. So digging more into the episode, we kind of set up the idea that there is potentially better rooms on board the ship up on the first, uh, floor. There's four rooms available in our, uh, beta shift lower deckers here that the Delta shift is going to try to game the system and Tendi's really excited to get into the moral gray area and try to game the system as well. I thought the like journey they sort of go through the bowels of the ship reminded me a little bit of like Willy Wonka esque totally. stuff because you get the like trippy drug moment. You have this like room where they think everything is wonderful and then a big it starts spinning, right? And everything is not so wonderful. Um, so I thought it was like a really fun sort of exploration of these different seemingly unnecessary parts of the ship but we all know they have purposes um but i like the idea of like the retrofits nothing's labeled like no one truly knows where anything is on this ship (laughs) well i mean i think what's what's fascinating about that to me is you know as star trek fans you know it would not surprise me if we all spent a little too long looking at schematics of 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 the Enterprise or or Voyager or something like that. It's like, oh, this is this is where the crew quarters. And I will or will not admit to playing a video game that may have had me walk through a <laughs> ship or two. I also will not admit or deny that that may or may not have been in virtual reality. Um, <laughs> but what I will say is, all that being you know, established. We never talk about like the underpinnings of the ship, right? Like, like how, like the deflector shields and <laughs> the generation of that. These are all areas like the, you know, the incinerator. We just assume these things happen, but we never really talk about that stuff. And this was an opportunity for us to kind of, uh, in lower decks fashion, get a little bit of that. One hundred percent. And I I did like that they had to like bust through um, Shaq's and Tahana's very interesting um, foreplay scene in order to start their journey. What a uh, first hurdle to have to get through. Um, And I half expected to when Tahana says um, safety protocols off, I was waiting for Badgie to appear. Um, But I do want to ask y'all, how do you think she lost her tail? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I, I need to know at some point. But right. this, this was definitely like my favorite scene of all of the, the whole season and maybe one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. But I just, I can't stop giggling all day today about like, put those away, Diane. 
it felt very like a cheers moment you know yes. Yes. Like, weird dynamic there and then um i did love that like Shax is such a like a, he's like i died and we haven't even talked about it he's such a softy i love him so much and like even when he's taking um billups like slapping him in the face and crying in his chest he's just like i got you little baby bear you know like <laughs> oh, love it, it. It is this great kind of juxtaposition of like Shaxx as chief of security in this, you know, he's big and strong and there's a moment, you know, you know, anytime something goes wrong, he's like right there to be like, ah, you know, and then, you know, then you've got Tiana who is quite literally soft and furry. Um, but it's and, so but rough on the interior. Yes, exactly. Yes. It's exactly. so incredible. Yeah. Yeah, their dynamic is really fun. Um, and then we have Rutherford, Billups, and the rest of the engineering crew, along with our captain, going down to the Dove for a little rest and relaxation. Um, but work is definitely how these engineers relax. But of the treatments that they offered, so we had a puppy room, a kitten room for those who are um, a little more menacing. Um the like Klingon uh, anger uh, throw things room, a mud bath, and then they had uh, mani pedi massages and different things going on. A sand uh, area. What what would be your relaxation room of choice on the Dove? What a great question. I mean, I'm allergic to cats, so that wouldn't that that definitely would not be relaxing mm -hmm. the Klingon room is interesting I've always wanted to try one of those like not the escape rooms but they're usually partnered with like a break stuff room like yeah just a, yeah a destruction room that's what the Klingon room felt like a little bit to me um I, the mud thing has never been a thing that I've wanted to really like like let's that just seems like it might be relaxing you got to get it all off you like that just seems like a lot um I I I the, I'd get bored of the sand pretty quickly. I think I, I think the many petty massage thing would probably be like right there for me. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that'd be it. What about you, and Amory? If, if they throw a little acupuncture where I could fall asleep, bingo. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. I'm kind of scared of dogs, which is like embarrassing to admit. And then I'm very allergic to cats, so definitely no, no animal rooms. Yeah, no animal rooms. <laughs> Definitely the Manny Petty room because then you like feel good for weeks after. And um, like I was saying before we started recording, yeah, totally went and got a manicure after watching this episode twice. I did too. <laughs> I did not, but I I, I wish oh now gosh. I wish I had. You had to get a little inspiration from our engineering mm -hmm. guru and go get a little Manny Petty moment. Um, yeah, that's I love definitely. your color. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yours is so cute too. Um, for those who are just listening, I have like a light purpley moment going on, and, and Maria, it looks like yours is like a red. Uh, yeah, bubbles only. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um, and on the flip side, we have our other crew members. Uh, we have Boimler, Mariner, and Tendi. Uh, definitely not relaxing, except for maybe once we get to this bog as they're making their way through the many decks to try to get to this control panel to put their names on the list for these special rooms. Um, 
I thought it was so funny as they're like going through this like greenhouse area and it's like, who comes on a spaceship to play with plants? And I feel like we have so many characters that have plants throughout the Star Trek series that just like love playing with plants in space. Um, There's a whole seed capsule ship on Discovery that we encountered not too long ago. Gosh, I forgot about that one. Um, but yeah, we get to a moment where Tendi is not feeling the effects of the the different gaseousness caused by the plants in this particular area. And we get a fun little acid trippy type of moment with Boimler and Mariner. Um, and I thought it was really funny to see Tendi almost like break her own character in a way. But I feel like we're seeing more of it from her where she's like, a, like whipping Mariner to get out of the area and out of her egg with like a tree branch. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. Tendi, you're getting a little violent here. What's going on? <laughs> I feel like it also shows like some growth for Tendi. Like yeah. she's confident enough to like take charge of the situation when it needs to be and sort of go from just like her happy, like really positive, happy-go-lucky self to being like, okay, this needs to get done. It's like a a very like time sensitive situation mm-hmm. and then just go back to her normal self I just I feel like that's such a cool like juxtaposition of like professionalism without the like hard exterior that sometimes people like mistake can mistake for like professionalism has to be um like no nonsense it's just, it's more just about confidence and knowing what you know so mm-hmm. I think it, it shows some really great growth with Tendi and I love her yeah, I, I think what I love about this season in particular of Lower Decks is there's there's a lot of growth in all the characters, right? So I think if we go back to Lower, to kind of season one, it was real easy to see them as, oh yeah, these are Lower Decks. They're, they're never going to be, you know, senior officer, bridge, crew, galaxy class, uh, kind of, all, you know, uh, members of, of the, the A plot. But I think what we're seeing is we're seeing growth. And it's almost as though what they really are are almost kind of senior cadets, ensigns in a way that this is where they start out. Like nobody ends up, you know, as as, as much as we like to think Riker popped out of the academy as Riker, he didn't, right? Um, and so what we what I'm what I'm looking at is you're seeing Tindy, who is one. She it feels like she has a lot less kind of anxiety. Like she's like mm-hmm. a, like. She's she's not going around breaking all the rules, but she's definitely seen some growth. Rutherford has figured out how to relax a little bit, has become more comfortable in his own skin. Boimler, as we mentioned before, is much more bold now. And on the flip side of that, we see Mariner, who is at times a little bit more by the book, right? She's really kind of stepping into this role as a a bit more of an actual officer. It's kind of like if we just fast forward about five or six years you could see them as a really tight group of officers um and so the growth that i'm looking at is just amazing like i really like this crew yeah chippy brings up an interesting question kind of along these lines what do you think about mariner's predictions of where they're all headed professionally um we have uh, Boimler being dead, I think, was the <laughs> bold Boimler's no If he longer. keeps his bold stuff up. Yeah. Bold stuff. Right Tendi would be a science officer. Um, <laughs> what did, um, I'm trying to remember her prediction for Rutherford. Um, and then she was like, I'll be kicked off of the ship by now. <laughs> now look, I, I think that we're, we're probably looking at... Um, I, I don't know if you ever if you ever go back and you look at some of the crews, right? Like you look at the Voyager crew, 
you you look at the Enterprise crew, they all have this sense of um, this deep history, right? That we never really privy to how they got together. And it felt like when you think about one of the J.J. Abrams kind of the early Star Trek episode or movies, we got the sense of how they started to how they fell together and became became kind of tight. I feel like that's what I'm watching here is that the future is going to be Mariner as captain, you know, Boimler as her first officer, Tindy as the chief science officer and Rutherford as the chief engineer, right? Like that's what, and and they're going to have these inside jokes and they're going to be really, really tight. (laughs) And if we had just picked up, you know, you know, Star Trek Cerritos, then we wouldn't know, but because we've had lower decks, we'll have seen their growth and how tight they are and why, they're so close. That's what I actually think is going to happen. But that's just me. I also really love that, like, Mariner's sort of the opposite end of Tendi, where, like, she started off so overly confident and, like, not knowing when to admit she doesn't know everything. And that's, like, also kind of, like, coming down, which I feel like is great character growth and makes her actually more, like, trustworthy and a better teammate. A hundred percent. And I feel like she's also learning a lot more about herself. Like we saw her sort of like emotional reaction to wanting to help her mom in our season premiere um, this particular season. And then we've also now seen, I thought it was really interesting when Tendi's like, I'm really sorry I had to break you out of the egg before you were ready. And you kind of see this moment on Mariner's face that's like, yeah, I was not ready to come out of the egg. I was so safe and warm. So warm. (laughs) And I think you're seeing Mariner kind of have a little bit of that self-exploration of like, oh, maybe I jumped into like being a lieutenant before I was ready to come out of the egg, you know, and now this is sort of her returning to that warm space of her place in lower decks with her little um, group of of friends who are sort of shepherding her to becoming a better person. Um, Like you were saying, Anne-Marie, I agree. I think she's becoming a more well-rounded uh, ensign so that she can be more trustworthy both as a friend and as a Starfleet officer. Um, so I'm excited to see where, where she goes. Um, our crew sort of continues on their journey and they eventually figure out that, um, it's only one room that is available on the fourth floor (laughs) and not four rooms on the first floor. Um, and they decide that they just want to all stick together so that they don't get separated, which I thought was, very sweet. Um, and we have our engineers on the dove figuring out a way to help out their captain. And of course, all their wristbands are green because they had to solve a problem. And I was like, this is the most accurate depiction of engineers I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so cute. I was like, my friends who are engineers love nothing more than when you give them like weird mind puzzles they have to figure out. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> you're not wrong. Like I was, like, I, was <laughs> I was thinking, it's it's like, how do I relax? I do work, like personal. It's it's it's, you know, I, I at one point I was a computer scientist, and people asked me, well, what made you stop? And I said, well, I realized that the great ones, the great ones spend all day working as a you know programming, and then when they come home they program more just on their personal projects, their side projects, that passion thing that they want. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's what, that's how they unwind. That's how they relax. They do that creative bit for them. Um, And so I had to find that for me, 
But as an engineer, like that's what it is. Like, like just like, well, are you relaxed? And I'm like, yeah. Well, I'm I'm solving this problem that I want to solve because I'm fascinated by it. Like that's relaxing to me. Um, it's like, what you know, my my family walk in and say, what are all those those spreadsheets? I'm like, ah, stop looking. That is that's how I unwind. Don't judge me. <laughs> I know I have uh, one of my longest um, and dearest friends. She's a, a data um, engineer. And I remember I was trying to like decide if I wanted to move or change job. I don't remember what it was. I was trying to solve like a problem. And she's like, well, have you made uh, a, a decision matrix yet? Do you want to make that together? <laughs> and I was mm. like, this is the most you question you've ever asked me before. Oh, so adorable. Listen, so, you have so no tendy. idea how, how many models I make for things. <laughs> from random things like truly what, what do you think about if we moved here oh i got it just give me i'll be back in an hour and just like here's what it would take we'll get right back to you yes um so way to go uh lower decks with the accurate depiction of an engineering department um but i thought it was really sweet and uh that they solved this problem to try to save their captain and that they were like no we need you um, you're so important to this crew and to us. Um, and I did think it was interesting, the reaction of the captain of the Dove, because I was like, oh, is it, excuse me, sorry, it's the first time I've had to pod at 10 p.m. Uh, Central yeah. Time. <laughs> We've been, I've been Pacific Time for the last few weeks. Um, so I was like, it feels very like capitalistic, this idea of like, oh, we've solved a big problem, but I don't want to release the way to solve yeah, this problem. Yeah, what was that ship? I was like, what is even going on? It felt so Ferengi. Yeah, I almost expected, yeah, there, there to be some sort of like, oh, Starfleet has paid for you to mm -hmm. go to this. But I was like, we've established early on in the episode that money doesn't exist. They can't even pronounce bank correctly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Mark. I was like... Oh, this is an interesting like twist that this particular captain is just like, oh, absolutely not. I don't want to not have a job anymore. <laughs> Maybe it was just to lose a purpose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, very. Or or I would have been like, yeah, just have this as like your secret weapon for when none of this works oh, for other right. people, right? Or use you it know? for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would use it for myself all the time, every day. That'd be my come home 10 seconds in the chamber and then make dinner like that'd be the move yeah you just like literally wash the day away that sounds great um i did like so one of the, my favorite things about lower decks is i feel like every time i watch an episode if i re-watch it i see and find new details because like mm -hmm. the whole like ransom replicating the batch of churros with the story about Ransom's churro wife from being turned into a caveman. That whole like sub little story, I don't know why, kind of went over my head when I watched it the first time. And then I remember him getting the churros and I was like, oh, is Ransom having like a weird reaction to something that's weird that this like crazy muscle dude is going to eat a bag of churros. And then as, in the rewatch, I was like, oh my gosh, no, he is making his churro wife <laughs> yeah it definitely took me two watches to get churro olivia churro olivia is the wildest name <laughs> oh my God. i just love also the idea of like what happens when two different lower decks teams get together of course yes. they have like these crazy stories to tell each other and fill in yeah. like bits and pieces of what they say it see at different times of the day <laughs> so funny yes. Churro Livia is. Um... <laughs> I, I'm waiting for someone to cosplay Churro Livia. I wonder Wait, if we're going to get a reveal. 
Yeah, I'm going to walk away from that one. There's a joke I made in the Slack that I'm just going to keep walking away from. Um, but yeah, no, I think um, I, 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 you know, I also love the fact that you have these two lower deck um, groups coming together and having all of these these great stories um, because it's it's so fun when you think about some of our our Star Trek heroes or, and what they must be like. And it's almost like we got to listen in on a blooper reel, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, of like what happens when the thing that thing goes wrong because they can't all, you know look perfect and be all shiny all the times sometimes you know Riker walks into the room and trips over something like and it's funny right it's like he goes to throw his uh leg over a chair and the chair's a little bit taller than he anticipated exactly you know, <laughs> you know this happens right it's like Jordy LaForge walks you know walks into a wall because he was looking at a data pad and you, and you want to tease him but he's blind so you can't right like there are all these moments that that they would happen they would have and we got to listen into the blooper reel a little bit so i thought it was great yeah i um yeah the whole cheer cheer olivia and like the the lower deck like story swap thing was really funny to me because it does feel like i don't know like almost like when you go to like summer camp as a kid and like each one if you've been there for multiple years you have like stories of your camp counselors that you're like Mm -hmm. sharing around the fire with people because it's like (laughs) and half of it's true and half of it's untrue and so like when i was on the rewatch i was like oh the churro thing now makes sense but i was like why did that anyway the the sentence the churro thing now makes sense (laughs) was not one i expected to write down for myself no i I mean maybe maybe he actually doesn't have a churro wife and what it is is he's just secretly sneaking and eating a lot of churros (laughs) you know i look at like okay so i'm gonna try and bring this back in If you think about it, uh, Ransom likes to work out a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe once a week, he's got a cheat day, and his cheat thing is churros. Is is churros? So a bag of churros is like he forty-five hot churros in a nondescript paper bag. I'm trying. trying And they don't allow open flames on starships unless it's for religious reasons. He can't get like a Yankee candle for his office. Oh, I bet it smells delicious in there. (laughs) The realization, though, of Mariner about the cinnamon thing was also very funny. (laughs) That's like the best thing about watching the second time. You hear like all those teeny little things that occasionally, like I don't, I don't think this was one of them. But sometimes, like the subtitles can't even keep up, and it's just so much fun. Well, it's I think the thing that that makes it so perfect is. it's not an isolated episode. So to me, I'm thinking back to the first couple episodes, right? So Mariner mm-hmm. gets in trouble in, in the first episode. In the second episode, she's assigned to Ransom, right? Ransom mm-hmm. has to make sure that she stays on the the straight and narrow. So that immediately tells me that she's with Ransom in Ransom's office a lot. So for her to go, man, it does always smell like cinnamon. Totally. Like, that's hella funny because she's probably in his office more than anybody else. So for her to say it always smells like cinnamon, like that's gold. Like mm-hmm. that is absolutely gold, right? 
It's yeah. The, the layers of jokes in this show is what makes rewatches so fun because there's always something else that like I didn't pick up on or like uh, those, like they're just like throw almost throw away one liners and you're just like, gosh, they're so silly and stupid and smart. And I love it. <laughs> you, you know what I think is, is underappreciated is Tawny Newsom's comedic timing. Mm. Right. Because the thing about it is, like we're talking about the cinnamon line, but it there was a there's a rhythmic beat to when totally. it dropped, right? And so it was like, oh, like it's like they're telling the story, and it's almost though we're in her head, but she says it out loud, and it's just it's like dun dun dun, boom, and you hit it, and it's just a belly laugh. And when I think about Mariner, Mariner has some of the best lines, right? I think Mariner and Rutherford have some of the best mm-hmm. like comedic lines and they have to be delivered on time Lise just had one of my other favorite lines of the show is keep on puppin (laughs) (laughs) which is such a great uh line delivery from uh Eugene Cordero as Rutherford um and yeah I I hear Eugene Cordero is like everywhere I feel like I hear his voice in like everything now so (laughs) he's staying booked and blessed and busy Um, and I thought, uh, Rutherford's reaction to him being like, we could have shared the one room all for one and one for all. That's literally what this means. That was was hilarious. They were just like, well, now that you say it that way, like, (laughs) of course that's how it could have worked. Um, and I love that, you know, Rutherford was just like, well, let's just go on the adventure again. Cause I didn't get to go on the adventure. So <laughs> how it can't yeah. be that bad as they're all sitting there with their like armpit stained uniforms <laughs> in, the, in the bar at the end. <laughs> um, anti-grav boy. <laughs> anti-grav boy was super funny. I, um, I did someone, I think in our Patreon brought up, um, it's interesting that, um, not to keep going back to churros, but that Ransom gets his bag of churros in the like bar mess hall area. Cause I'm like, wouldn't you have your own replicator in like your quarters to do this privately? So funny. (laughs) Um, But maybe that's part of the appeal for him of his um, churro wife. (laughs) It's the secrecy, not so secrecy. You're trying to pull me in, Mariah. I'm not gonna give in. <laughs> so many jokes. I'm not gonna give in. It was so um, silly. It was so silly, and I love it. I love when it's stupid silly. Um, yeah. Some of my favorites. Um, was there anything else y'all wanted to kind of dig into about this episode? I thought it was really fun, and I, I enjoyed it. And it'll definitely be a, one on my rewatch list for sure because I think it's just a, a super fun episode the whole way through. I, I mean, I think that I love the touch points in in Lower Decks that pokes fun at Star Trek tropes. And so poking fun at the when will you learn not to pick up an ancient mask oh my was perfect for me. Because there are all these little things where it's like, yeah, like, tell me you've read the report that some other captain did that somewhere and it went horribly bad, right? Like, no one ever touch a triple again. Like, we know how this ends. Um, and so I, I love that little moment. 
Yeah, there was also, I appreciate someone um, in our Patreon posted an article today that I, I thought was going to be like dunking on New Trek, but it essentially was like New Trek has made Trek so much better. It's hard to go back and watch some of the older Trek episodes, especially like the original series and some early TNG. Um, and one of the things that I thought of in watching the episode today of Lower Decks was the moment where they had to make the tether out of their clothes, but yeah. there was never any comment about like, like it, there could have been a really easy joke there about Boimler being, you know, in a tube with two half naked friends, you know, but it wasn't, it was just like, oh my gosh, thank you for saving my life moving on. And I was like, oh yeah, this is Trek of now and not Trek of like, someone's going to be oogling a space babe, you know, <laughs> anymore. I do have to say like, actually, I feel the opposite. Like new Star Trek is making me really appreciate like TOS especially mm. Strange New Worlds like I'm going through doing I haven't seen some of the TOS episodes before and it's just I feel like they're very much more watchable because of how invested mm. I am with Strange New Worlds compared mm. to like the level of watchability of some of them before so I feel like it just all makes all of it better I love it yeah, so much and sure. I love yeah. those little touches like Darcy archives when they like go really specific names from like episodes or like that little like where they're all trying to do the what would your like come like what would your enter line be and I just thought it was so cute when mm -hmm. Mariner and Boimler start like saying like come like Riker just all those little touches are so come. perfect <laughs> enter friends <laughs> yeah no I mean it's it, it is very I love the the references back um I don't know. I, I have to agree with Mariah a little bit in that I've gone back with the Patreon um, squad and some of those TOS episodes is just like, dude, and I hate to say it, but sometimes I just, it made me think some of these writers might need a girlfriend or a boyfriend because you're writing out a lot of your frustrations on the page here and just calm down with the dancing <laughs> half-naked aliens like relax man relax yeah and i mean you know it, and there's so much of tos that i do love like you're saying um and marie it's like there are those things that were so like ahead of their times and then there's those things where you are it's it is a product of its time right mm -hmm. and so it's always those like oh, grains of salt much. but i i love that like lower decks and um you know discovery and strange new world are able to take like that foundation of like what was good about those those sh original shows and like propelling it forward and um and i love even more how lower decks is able to like poke fun at it but in the way that fans poke fun at it right like yeah. we all are getting the joke and it's not at the expense of anybody it's like a we know you're gonna get this so we're gonna just leave this here for you here's this little breadcrumb <laughs> yeah. totally. strange new world is definitely making me want to go back and, and experience TOS a little bit because it's it's making me aware of the holes in mm -hmm. my Trek knowledge because I felt like I really picked up at TNG like I remember being in the room when my mom watched TOS but like TNG was felt like it was mine exactly totally me too. It, it, strange new worlds definitely makes me have a greater appreciation for it and and I want to go back and go, okay, well, let me fill in the gaps. It's just there are these moments, to your point, Mariah, there, it's not the whole thing, but there are these moments where where I look up and go, hmm, 
that is a product of its time and it didn't age that well. <laughs> so, but other than that, like I, I do, I agree. I think the new track is making me want more of the old track. And, and I think lower decks in particular, because of the references, because of the Easter egg, like, I feel like it, it is single-handedly responsible for an increase in traffic at, at memory alpha mm-hmm. right like it's like what was that i need to know more about that where yeah. can i find that out like okay let me go back in here and let me look at this and so like i kind of want to go well how many times did they touch an ancient mass like what are those episodes i'm curious now um so no i think it's great plus i just love masks so much that's one of my like guilty pleasures so i just love this cold open thing like, yeah so much it's so fun awesome y'all well i think that is it for our coverage of this particular episode of season three episode four room for growth of lower decks we appreciate everyone who's tuned in live uh this evening for the podcast we appreciate you if you are listening or watching this later thank you so much um you can find us on youtube every thursday talking trek and of course we'll be continuing to cover even more lower decks uh, for the next few weeks and then we get some new prodigy which i'm really excited uh for us to sit down and talk about i think that's going to be really great this october um you can subscribe rate and review on apple spotify find all the links including to our patreon at star trek pod.co uh clyde where else can people find us on the internet well you can definitely come hang out with us at our very own uh patreon channel so Definitely come hang out with us, Patreon, for $2 an episode. It's $1, $1, and $1, $2. Uh, you can be part of our, our our Slack channel, our private Slack channel. Um, you can find us at Twitter as well. Um, kind of anywhere you want, you can find us at Star Trek Pod. So come hang out and be part of the madness seven days a week, all the time. Yes. And shout out to Karen who helps run our Twitter account. We appreciate you so much. Um, Anne-Marie, where can people find out more about your work, the upcoming online con, all of that good stuff? So if you follow me on Twitter at Anne-Marie Siegel, S-E-G-A-L, and the number one, um, I retweet everything that goes on with Seven's Rule and Virtual Trek Con. But otherwise, if definitely follow at Virtual Trek Con. Um, C-O-N, not the other con. Um, Yeah, we're starting to like roll out everything and we'll start having like preliminary polls in the next month or so. And we go live like twice a week with guests to talk about news. And um, there's some overlap with the seventh rule in Ciroc. So it's a fun time and we do live chats. Uh, amazing. More yes. Star Trek, the better. Yes, go follow Dr. Anne Marie Siegel and everything over there at Seventh Rule and the Virtual Con. I'm really excited for that this year. Um, thank you again for joining us for Star and Trek. Hopefully, you guys do a panel. Yeah, yeah. Clyde, we're going to have to brainstorm. We love doing a panel. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so keep posted on the internets for all things dealing with the virtual con and for updates on uh the seventh rule i know y'all have been releasing the remasters which has been really fun and cool so excited to hear those and i think that's it y'all live long and prosper we'll see you next time bye thank you